0: When you're a jet, you're a jet. All the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. When you're a jet, let them do what they can. You've got brothers around, you're a family man. You're never alone, you're never disconnected. You're home with your own. When companies expect it, you're well protected. Then you are set with a capital J, which you'll never forget till they cart you away. When you're a jet, You stay on jet. This is Peter Barnes and you're listening to the
1: NYJ Couch Couch Podcast.
2: Welcome everybody to the New York Jets Couch Couch Podcast. This is your host Peter Antonelli. Here with my co-host Justin Schwenderman. What's going on Jets fans? Producer and editor David Schwenderman in the background. Chris Presty of WFAN was nice enough to join us once again, and he's uh, going to be sharing what he sees moving forward and what he saw as camp wrapped up recently. So here's that interview, folks. WFAN's
3: own Chris Lopresti. I want to thank him for the time and welcome him to the uh, New York Jets Couch Scouts podcast.
0: My pleasure, guys. As always, thanks for having me.
3: All right, Chris, starting off right now with the news from yesterday tight end position is really hurting both in production and body count with Amaro going down. Yeah. Is, this somewhere, is this somewhere you could see us looking waiver wire for who shakes free? And how much do you feel Quincy Noon will be transitioned into the flex tight end spot?
0: Well, I think that they have to take a look at the waiver wires or even guys that may end up, you know, clearing waivers down the road somewhere. There's just so many names that get flooded out there at this time of year when you go from 90 to 75, and then less than a week later, 75 to 53. So it's it's sort of you have to sift through everything. I mean, I'm sure Mike McKagnon and the coaching staff have a short list of guys that they might be interested in, guys they might have their eye on. Um, but, I mean, honestly, at this stage of the game, you might get a, a fresh body in here, something that might be better than some of the third or fourth guys they have on the depth chart right now, but chances yeah. are – you're not bringing anyone in that's going to, you know, jump a Jeff Cumberland on the depth chart. And that's not to say I'm a big Jeff Cumberland fan. I'm really not. Um, so even before Amaro got hurt, I had concerns about that position, about how they were going to go about using that position. Um, maybe it's not going to be an integral part of, of Chan Gailey's offense here with the Jets. You brought up Anunua. uh Todd Bowles has been quite high on him really since the start of camp. Uh, as you guys know he's been running with the with the first team offense and three watches pretty much since Devin Smith got hurt and the one thing and you know Bowles makes a fair point what he said is that you know Nunn was kind of a tweener in that he has a big body he is he does have the ability to block, but he also is a wide receiver that has some of those skills he's not a burner by any stretch of the imagination, but by bringing him onto the field, it leaves the defense with a decision. Are they going to go with their base defense in which case? You know, maybe Anunna was able to match up against a linebacker that he can beat, uh, or are they going to go sub and then bring in a nickelback or some extra D-backs, and then all of a sudden maybe he's able to get a hat on a hat and block one of those uh, one of those nickelbacks. So it kind of presents an interesting matchup situation. Maybe the Jets feel there's an advantage there. Um, but pretty much once Mara went down with the injury, has uh, kind of been working in that role a little bit. Yes, he's technically the third wide receiver, but he's in motion a lot. Um, you're seeing him come across the formation that throw some blocks a lot. He hasn't gotten his hands on the football a lot in terms of being a pass catcher. So I, I think they're kind of gearing him into that into that role, similar to what they were going to do with Jace. And now that Amaro's out for the year, uh, obviously that 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 certainly should increase Anunwi's chances of making the team. At this point, it almost seems like he's a lock. So barring something unforeseen in the final preseason game tomorrow night, if you know if he plays poorly or he gets injured. It seems like he's definitely going to make this roster, and there's a chance he's going to play a lot of snaps for them. What is your personal feeling on the Jeremy Curley
3: situation? Because you just said yourself, he's the team's number three receiver. Now I agree with that, but I consider that I considered that outside the numbers. Why do you feel Jeremy Curley has gotten the treatment that he's received thus far?
0: Yeah, it's been it's been it's been weird. Um, I, I still don't know that I really understand how he's gotten himself so buried. Um, you know, my my buddy Kimberly Martin had a had a piece a couple days ago with some quotes from Bowles talking about how. And you know, she was she was asking him directly about Curly and he wasn't he didn't answer directly about Curly, but he basically said, oh, "I'm not going to get I'm not going to just guarantee someone a job. I'm not going to hand anyone a job. It's got to be earned. It's got to be earned through hard work throughout the off season into training camp. So I don't know if there's a subtle shot there at Curley. Uh, maybe Bowles wasn't pleased that he took some personal days during uh, back going to OTAs and camp. There were a couple times he wasn't present." Uh, you know I can't speak to the kind of work he's done in the weight room i'm not there to see that he doesn't look out of shape to me he's not a big guy to begin with, but you see the guy in the locker room he's usually someone who looks like he's in pretty good shape so uh he was seemed to be doing fine in camp until he suffered the concussion uh, and that knocked him out for a little bit but I think, honestly, what it comes down to is that Bowles is in favor of a, of a bigger wide receiver, a guy that can offer him something as a blocker as well. It's not to say Curley isn't willing to be a blocker. It's just that that size, you know, I, what, I don't care what he's listed at. The guy's probably 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and he's not a big, thick frame like Quincy and Unwa. There's just limited things you can do with him in the run game, and it does seem that this offense, even more so now, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback, It's going to be very much focused around what Chris Ivory and Bilal Powell are able to do running the football. So um, they don't have great blocking tight ends to begin with. Forget about the Amaro injury. Uh, Kellen Davis is supposed to be a good blocker. He's had a rough uh, rough camp in preseason. We know what Jeff Cumberland is at this stage of the game. So I think they're looking for someone that can go in there uh, and be an effective blocker to help them in the run game. And if he's able to catch some passes as well, fine. It's a bonus. It doesn't mean Curly's not going to play, though, because Chan Gailey has shown he wants to spread the field at times. Multiple times. You're going to see, you're going to see four, wide, four wide receivers at times. You know, does Curly, is he the guy then? Maybe. Is it Chris Owusu? Is it Devin Smith when he gets healthy? That question I can't answer for you yet because they haven't had them all healthy at, at one time. But I don't think Curly's in danger of not making the team or anything like that. I think he's ultimately going to be their, their punt returner and he's going to make the team as a wide receiver. And if he goes out and produces on Sundays and makes plays, that's always a way to keep yourself on the field. So it's been a bit of a rough summer for him. But, um, you know, those things can quickly erase themselves once you get into the regular season.
1: Staying with the wide receivers, uh, me and Pete were both thinking that that Walter Powell will probably make this roster, on our opinions, um, after that touchdown last, last week. But I know that he's had some problems catching some punts in practice. Did that help Owusu out at the end
0: of this? Do you think that is possibly going to make this team over Walter Powell? I think, if you had to ask me right now, the last roster projection I put up had Owusu in over Powell. Um, it's not to take anything away from Walt Powell, who obviously brought a kickback or a punt back for a touchdown against the Giants. But the fact that with Curley down, that they put Eric Decker out there in the early part of that game to return punts, just didn't seem like a great sign to me for Walt Powell. I mean, if that guy, if you're really considering keeping that guy on your roster, I didn't quite understand why you did not have him out point. there for the entire game. And, of course, the one opportunity he gets, he brings it back to the house, and that's sort of like a, hey, coach, here's what I can do. But then the other day in practice, he turned around and muffed a punt. So he's a young player the same way last year when he got to the Jets. There have been some inconsistencies. Um, I know special teams coordinator Bobby April has had some nice things to say about him. We really only got to talk to him once, but he did have some nice things to say about him. I just think ultimately, he's not going to con- she's not bringing much to the table as a wide receiver, and I think they have some guys that can double in their ability to contribute on offense and special teams as well. Uh, I don't know that they're comfortable using Owusu as a as a punt returner, but I think he's definitely going to get a look as a kick returner. And I already mentioned, Curly doesn't excite you as a punt returner, but he is capable. You can put him back there. He can wave his hand for the fair catch. And quite honestly, if his defense goes out and plays the way they're supposed to, you know, you're looking at a situation where you should be having pretty good field position to begin with. So maybe a guy that's back there fair catching a whole lot, isn't as much of a negative as it has been in years past where the Jets were backing themselves up deep into their own territory. This defense, on paper, is supposed to do the job, put the offense in good field position. So maybe the value of a guy who can break one as a punt returner as opposed to a guy that's more short-handed, um, that's kind of something you have to think about as well. So nothing, nothing's guaranteed. Bowles said himself this week, there's still maybe – somewhere in the 10 to 15 range in terms of jobs and roster spots that are still up for grabs going into this last preseason game. But um, if you had to ask me right now, I just don't think Walt Howe going to make the cut.
3: Sounds like you were talking about Jimmy Lennon back in 2009 there with yeah, your description exactly about Robert
0: right. Exactly right. When you've got a big-time defense, as a head coach, what you want is someone back there that you know is going to catch the football and make sure that the ball stays in your offense's hands. You can get the bonus of someone bringing one back for a big big return or a touchdown, great. But you don't want someone back there that you don't have faith in that they're going to catch the ball every time or, you know, nine times out of ten. That's what you need because you can't have turnovers in that situation. Special teams, turnovers, flip and field position, that's, you know, you're asking for trouble when you go down that road.
3: I, that's one position I feel Thursday night may be able to sift through it is the return game and that last receiver spot. While we're talking numbers on the roster, though, is it worth it to risk going into week one with only two healthy quarterbacks and letting a Max Flynn and a Josh Johnson go only to be brought back a, a week later? Because at that point, as vested veterans, they're not guaranteed. So right. we'll have the flexibility to move them on and off the roster. Is that worth it in your eyes?
0: Uh, you know, it's something I've asked Todd Bowles about, not so much from the the veteran guaranteed contract standpoint, more from the, hey, has Bryce Petty shown you guys enough development in camp that you'll be comfortable going with him as the backup for a couple of weeks until Gino gets healthy? And the answer has been no, essentially no, we're not really ready to do that. And more so because they don't think it's fair to Petty and they don't want to rush him and God forbid Fitzpatrick gets hurt. All of a sudden they've got to throw this rookie out there the same way they did with Gino as a rookie when Sanchez got hurt in the preseason. We all know how that ended in his rookie year. Uh, he wasn't ready, and he struggled. So um, I don't have a great sense for the answer to that question. I think the fact that it sounds like Petty is not going to play much in this game against the Eagles, if at all, and that they want to get a real close look at Flynn and Johnson, maybe there's a chance that they, they don't carry the extra guy and it's just the three, Fitzpatrick, Gino, uh and Petty. I still say, again, the odds. Are, if you ask me right now, they're probably going to carry four. It sounds like Flynn's going to get the bulk of the playing time in this game. That's the guy they brought in first. I think the only reason they really brought in Johnson was because Flynn still wasn't healthy enough to practice. The hamstring wasn't fully healed. He wasn't able to get into games. I think they and wanted to make
3: su- give somebody a look.
0: I think they wanted to make sure they had someone here in case he wasn't able to go. You know, sort of like insurance. Flynn was the insurance while Gino was out, and then Josh Johnson's the insurance for Flynn. It's kind of crazy, but um, I still think ultimately when they get to Saturday with that first cut down, you're probably going to see four, four quarterbacks kept on the roster.
3: I think we're going to be carrying dead weight in D. Milner as well. Just last week I was, I was leaning towards short-term IR, but I feel Milner could possibly work himself back quicker. And with numbers we may or may not have to carry on the D-line, I feel the extra BB could help.
0: So here's the Before thing to consider, we... here's the thing to consider real quick with Milner. Even if they decide they want to go short term IR, they still have to carry him initially on Saturday. You can't use the short term IR until Sunday at I believe four o'clock Eastern time. So that's one of those situations where um maybe it's sort of a paperwork thing. It's it's a it's like a housekeeping numbers thing. So if there's okay. a in that case, what you would probably do is cut a guy who's a vested veteran that doesn't have to go through waivers. So it's just a paperwork thing. They wait 24 hours. They get to Sunday. If they want to put Milner on short-term IR, then that's going to open up a spot and they can just immediately bring back whoever that vested veteran that they cut was. Assuming that guy doesn't decide, well, screw this, I'm going somewhere else to another team. So it's one of those things where. You'd cut probably an older player who's already passed being subject to waivers and you have kind of a verbal agreement with him. Um, it's just one of those those weird quirks with uh, the roster cut down, the roster situation. So when they get to Saturday and that first 53-man is due, even if they're going to use short-term IR and Milner, they still have to carry him initially. They can't make that move until Sunday. That's a
3: great nugget there. It truthfully is. And you were talking about insurance at the quarterback position when we were talking about Flynn and Johnson. How about the insurance at the running back position with Steven Ridley? How do you think that plays out in terms of when he comes off the pup? And I, I feel Stacy is kind of going to be holding that spot warm for him. Is that a safe assumption?
0: No, I think at this stage of the game, that's probably where they're at. I thought early in camp, Darrell Richardson, between Stacy and Richardson, Richardson was having the better camp, but he's kind of faded. He had a concussion, uh, and then Stacy's come on. Obviously, he had the touchdown against the Giants, which – I don't want to overreact too too much because he was wide open on a screen pass and basically marched – or not marched. He uh, kind of casually made his way to the one-yard line and then made that nice jump over uh, the defender to get in. So a nice little show of athleticism. He hasn't done a ton, but I do think he's outplayed Richardson over the course of camp. So uh, I think it's going to be Ivory Powell Richardson – I'm sorry, uh, Ivory Powell Stacy. I do think that Ridley is certainly going to start on the pup list. Now, if and when he gets himself healthy – yeah, then it becomes a question mark. I mean, how does Stacey look at that point? How is their health? Are Ivory and Powell 100% healthy to the point where you're probably going to make a move? Do you want to activate Ridley and cut Stacy. I mean, that's it's hard to project the answer to that question right now because you're talking about, you know, at least six weeks, six games down the road into the season. And the other thing to consider is I know people just assume Ridley's going to get himself healthy and get on this roster at some point. I mean, I haven't seen the guy do anything except do some jogging on the practice field yet. He's coming back from a knee surgery. Some people respond well to that. Some don't. So I don't know if he's ever going to get healthy enough or show enough when he gets into practice uh, to warrant being activated. I mean, that's a question for down the road. None of us in the media have seen the guy do anything really football-related all camp. And that's what Bowles keeps saying, you know. As far as as I'm concerned, he keeps saying, you know, until I see him start cutting – for real, you know, in live situations where he has to react to defenders, I'm not even considering him as a possibility. So uh, he's a name because he had some production up in New England, but until he gets back on the practice field and can show this coaching staff that he's healthy and ready to contribute, um, there's no reason to even really think about him being activated.
3: Before I swing it back to my co-host Justin yeah,
0: while you're talking, Puff, I wanted to run something by you.
3: Is it if you do not start training camp on the pup, you cannot start the season on the pup. That is
0: right. Yeah, yeah, that you have to be initially on the pup list. So that's why teams, even if a guy like look at look at how it went with Willie Colon, he Willie started Cologne, camp yeah. on the pup. A couple days in, he was activated and he was fine the rest of the way. But you kind of, you know, you look out for yourself as a team, and make sure hey, if we think there's a chance this guy might struggle injury-wise throughout camp. We want to have him, have him as an option to start, uh, the regular season on Pup. He's got to start, uh, he's got to start training camp on Pup.
1: Talking about Willie Colon, I wanted to know in your opinion, did he, did he make the, did he make the spot, the starting spot fairly or was it because he's a veteran and there's no real other talent that they trust to play that position?
0: No, I mean I think it was fair in that he was the best guy when you consider the competition. Um, uh, is it somewhat a knock on the on the young offensive lineman they have that no one was able to step up and take the job from him? Maybe to an extent, but I give Cologne credit in that, you know, he wasn't healthy at the end of last season. He spent the off season rehabbing. He started the camp on pup, even though it was for a couple of days, and pretty much from day one when he got activated, Bowles, as you remember at the time, said, "Well." The reps are going to be split. We're going to take a look at a bunch of different guys. No one ever really wrestled away those first-team reps from Willie Colon. I mean, he was the guy at right guard pretty much from the day he got activated all the way through until this announcement was made, um, you know, yesterday. So he's a 10th-year vet who has a lot of tread and mileage on on those tires, but I do think he was the best guy. I think if you look at one of the bright spots of the preseason games, I think that first-team offensive line played pretty well. I think they've meshed nicely. I mean, they've got some carryover, obviously, but James Carpenter's kind of fit in nicely there at left guard, and I think Cologne is has looked pretty solid. I mean, we'll see if that translates to the regular season. We know he can get in trouble with uh, some penalty flags and some holds along the way, but I didn't really yeah. see anyone that that stepped in there and, and really opened eyes. So uh, they have some young guys, guys they've spent draft picks on, but... Uh, I'm not surprised at all that, that Bowles made that official and that no one really ever challenged Cologne for the spot. He's healthy, he's experienced, uh, and I just, I'm not blown away by any of the young guys they have right now. So I think Bowles made the right decision there.
1: Winners may still
0: be coming back
3: from the knee, but what's your feel, much like how I asked you with Jeremy Curley on Ode Ibushi, Is this the suspension that caused a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth and they're not getting past that, or is it purely play at this point?
0: I mean, I don't know that it's a bad taste in the mouth. It's just that they know he's not available for the first week of the season, so he's on the suspension list the same way Richardson is. So you're not, you know, you don't need to carry him Saturday when they cut down the 53. He and Richardson go to the suspension list. So um, I think they want to take a look at some other guys, and then you never know. Maybe week one. You have an injury, and then all of a sudden when Obushi's ready to come back from suspension, you just activate him and slide him in. I mean, if they feel comfortable with the guys they have, they could certainly cut bait with him after that after that one-game suspension and you know maybe bring him back down somewhere down the road. Um, I don't necessarily know that his – I don't think his play was, was awful by any stretch of the imagination in camp, but he certainly didn't blow anyone away. So it's kind of one of those guys, take it or leave it at the flip of the coin. I mean, I don't have a great sense for how the coaching staff feels about him. And honestly, if they did cut bait with him early in the season, I don't get the sense he's a guy someone some other team is going to rush to pick up. So if you needed to add another body along the O line down the line somewhere, um, chances are he's probably going to be available. But um, you know, we'll see how we'll see how the health of that offensive line looks coming out of uh, week one against the Browns as they get ready for week two Monday night or in Indianapolis. They'll have a decision to make once that uh, that one game suspension's up for Ibushi.
3: Starts up front, so let's flip over to the other side of the ball. With the suspension to Sheldon and Vickerson, who we didn't get a chance to see, but going to the IR, do you think Bowen's a guy? A lot of playing time this preseason. Is he a guy that's a lot for the 53? Because I personally feel we can get by with carrying five and playing our outside linebackers and defensive ends on passing situations.
0: Yeah, I don't think Bowen's a lock. I mean, I certainly think he has a chance. You mentioned how much he's played in the preseason. Ronald Talley was getting a lot of run early, but then he had an injury he's just coming back from. Um, the last projection I did only had five. I had, obviously, the three starters, Wilkerson, Harrison, uh, Leonard Williams, and then um, I had T.J. Barnes. T.J. Barnes is a backup nose tackle for Damon Harrison, and then I have leger Ducible, who... You know, he's sort of that that guy that just keeps hanging around. He was a Rex favorite. I don't know if this coaching staff likes him quite as much, but – um, when they go to their nickel package, he's been in there a ton. So I just get the sense that that's a guy that might stick. They could keep Bowen, but um, it becomes a numbers game with some of these other positions, especially if they're gonna yes, going to keep those Yes, it does. Stiffly, especially. And that's, that's the case for, for all teams. They have tough decisions to make when you get to those last couple spots. And if you're in a situation where you've got to carry four quarterbacks, you're going to feel the impact somewhere else. So... Um, I'm with you. I, I'd rather keep some of the extra young uh, outside linebackers. Obviously, you're keeping Malden. I think Trevor Riley has done more than enough to deserve a spot. Agreed. So uh, I, I would definitely carry him. And you know, I didn't have Jason Babin on my roster early in camp, but I gotta admit, he's had a nice camp. Um, he's a he's a he's a pro. You know what he can do. Situational pass rusher. He and Riley played a lot against the Giants. Obviously, with uh, Calvin Pace and Maldon being out. So if I had to guess, I think they're going to keep five outside linebackers along with copples, So you've got to take a hit somewhere. So Bowen has a chance, but it wouldn't surprise me if they only kept five D linemen to begin with, especially since you know you're getting Sheldon. Well, I shouldn't say you know you're getting Sheldon back. We'll see how that uh, other legal situation plays out. But there's, there's, a point they get, there's a chance they get him back after four games.
1: Yeah, we, we, we both saw um... – we, we both saw Jason Babbin not, not making this team, but he definitely surprised us the last couple of weeks. But I wanted to talk about uh, Calvin Pryor. Um, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think he's improved that much, but I want to know if you thought he's improved. And if he has, could we could we assume that's because of Revis and Crow on the field with him?
0: I need to see more. Um, you know, he's saying the right things. He's saying he's more comfortable, that he's going to be able to play more to his strengths in this defense this year. But I need to see the impact plays to believe that. And quite honestly, it's hard to see that in training camp because there's not a lot of hitting. You know, there's not a lot of tackling. So a, a player of his style, I feel like you really need to see in in, uh, in live game action. And um, you know, first preseason game, uh, he took some bad angles to some plays against the Lions. He missed a couple tackles. Uh, and the then he and then he obviously had the you know the personal situation. They had a family member pass away. He missed some time. So, but I mean, he's been fine. I haven't been. I haven't noticed him making bad plays in practice or missing assignments or anything like that. But, you know, you want to see that guy step in and make some impact plays. You know, come down into the box, blow up a blow up a run, come off the edge, get to the quarterback. Um, those are the things that we expected to see from him last year. That just never happened. And I do give him a bit of a pass last year because he was playing out of position, because they had to help out the corners so much. So, I mean, the excuse, the built-in excuses are not there for him this year because you've got Revis and Cromartie on the outside. I mean, he is set up to succeed. Now we need to see him go do it. I wasn't blown away by his camp, but I wasn't really discouraged by it either. I'm kind of in the middle, call it like, eh, blah, okay. So uh, that's certainly a guy that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on in the early stages of the regular season here.
3: I couldn't agree with everything
0: you said more. And another crush
3: he had last year was playing out of position. So we right. sold the, the bill of goods on. He's now back in his original position. I need to start seeing something this year. You you talked about Riley on an earlier answer. Uh, with him, Babin playing himself onto the roster, I feel Joe Mays has had a very good showing thus far between camp and preseason. I loved what we were seeing from Aaron Henderson coming back from the injury and the suspension. How do you think the inside, more than the outside, plays out at the linebacking court?
0: That's a great question because I really was impressed with the three, I don't want to call them like really long-term veterans, but guys that have been in the league for a little while that they brought in, in Henderson, Mays, and even Jamari Lattimore, who had a really rough game against the Giants, but up until that point, um, I liked some of the versatility he was showing. I think he's probably the most athletic of the guys they have at inside linebacker in terms of being out in coverage. Now, if you throw in the tape from the Giant game, it didn't look good because Jerome Cunningham had a field day with him, which is not a great sign. But I do think that was sort of his MO coming in. He's a guy that could go out and be that coverage inside linebacker, and they don't really have that. Um, So that's what – and he's also a guy that can play special teams. So when I was trying to make the projection and figure out who they're going to keep at inside – Um, It's hard for me to keep Henderson at this point just because he's been off the field so long now. Um, I do think that he was impressing the coaching staff and he was having a good camp early on But I don't I mean, I don't I don't speak to the to the trainers and the medical staff So I don't have a great feel on how healthy that knee is when he's going to get himself back when he'd be healthy Maybe that's a guy that gets cut initially Then they bring back at some point you brought up earlier about you know, the non-guaranteed after week one Uh, he would certainly fall into that category So I don't know if he'd still be available or if someone else someone else would jump on him, but um, I I just don't know how much they value him to the point where they carry him week one if he's not healthy. So, I mean... Maybe we get a a better sense uh, in the next couple of days of of where he's at, but but probably not since there's no practice, and I don't think he's going to play tomorrow night against the Eagles. So I had Mays and Lattimore. Um, Again, it's a numbers game. If they choose to go heavy at another position, it probably costs one of those guys a job. I mean, you're not anticipating David Harris and Demario Davis coming off the field a whole lot barring injury. So maybe they decide to go light there on day three. Um, So it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to project, but I did have Mays and, and Lattimore in there. I know Lattimore struggled against the Giants, but I, I like some of the, the versatility he brings. I think he's a, a little bit different style of a middle linebacker than the other guys that are probably going to end up making the team.
3: I thought they got lucky with the initial diagnosis with Henderson because that injury looked gruesome.
1: Yeah. A guy that yeah.
3: is coming back from a gruesome injury and we can't give him enough love on here. Has Rontez Miles finally solidified a position on this team?
0: Well, he certainly earned it. I can't take that away from him. But we keep coming back to the same thing. It's a numbers game. You know, where where does this coaching staff, which positions do they value more, where are they going to keep an extra body? Um, The thing with Miles now is in the past you got the sense that the Jets could get away with cutting him or putting on the practice squad and kind of bringing him back and forth because there was no one else out there that was going to jump on him. You know damn well if they try and get him through waivers that there's probably a good chance Rex Ryan is going to put a claim in on him. I mean, absolutely. They did it with IK. They did it with Dalton Freeman the other day. So all that one, right? You on know, <laughs> if they if they if they really have have plans for Miles, maybe I mean, let's say even they're worried about a numbers game in the early, you know, the first couple of weeks until they get some guys healthy or get guys back from suspension. I don't think Miles is the guy that you you run the risk of passing through waivers. I think you find somebody else to do that with, or else he's probably going to get scooped up, to be honest with you, elsewhere. Um, You know, he's a guy that every time you put him out there in the preseason, he's high motor, high energy, flying all over the field. He's making plays. He's a little over the top at times. He probably needs to reel himself in a little bit, and that's something Todd Bowles has mentioned. But in terms of work ethic, uh energy effort on the field i mean you can't say enough good things about him so uh i hope for his sake that he has earned it this time i do have him on my initial 53 but again it's so hard when you get to those last couple of spots unless you're you know sitting in the meeting rooms with the coaching staff and the positional coaches it's really hard to get a feel for what they're going to do all right listen chris we can't thank you enough why don't you uh it's not WFAN's
3: anyways. Why don't you let people know where you can find me? You just got a little bit of a promotion, per se.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm always always looking to answer people's questions on Twitter, so you can find me there. It's uh, C. Lopresti, WFAN. So uh, come find me there, and if you have any questions about the Jets, fire away. I try to get back to everybody at some point. It might not be immediately, but chances are if I see it, I'll, uh, I'll answer back and we can have a nice dialogue. So that's the way to find me on Twitter.
2: Great stuff right there from WFAN's Chris Lopresti. Told you how to get in touch with him. Guys, great follow out there. He doesn't miss a thing. You heard what he sees moving forward. You heard what he saw in camp already. Some we agree with, some we disagree with. That'll all play itself out soon. Uh, Yeah, we just want to thank Chris again. Uh, It was a great interview. I hope you guys liked it. Jeff fans, till next episode. Let's get one. Have a great week, Jeff fans.
1: One, two. Three and up! Uh...